In this episode, the man known among friends and family as the flight guru and an expat designer living in Greece, a country relying heavily on the travel dollar. Welcome to the World Nomads podcast. We'll be keeping you up to date with travel alerts, information about coronavirus and sharing some uplifting news and views to inspire you and keep you smiling. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the podcast from wherever you get your favourite pods. We'll hear from Jesse from the Dollar Flight Club shortly. And Verna, born in Scotland, Phil, grew up in Ireland, worked in Sydney and now living on an island in Greece. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Sounds good. What's uh, travel news, though, to kick things off? Okay, look, uh, Europe will soon officially be open to visitors, but not everyone is welcome if you're from America, Brazil or Russia. Uh, thanks for coming, but don't bother coming. Um, those countries have failed the inclusion criteria test, given the high number of coronavirus cases back home. But uh, if you're from Australia, Canada, Japan, and there's 10 other countries as well, uh, we'll list those in show notes for you. You are free to visit. Look, we're going to be talking about Greece with Werner later in the podcast, but Russian and Ukrainian doctors currently on the front line fighting against COVID will get free holidays to Greece. Yay! That's, it's almost with being a doctor. Uh, the company behind the initiative uh, says the doctors will be able to relax and share their stories with Greek colleagues. Uh, in the last episode, we showed you a new design for cabin, cabin seating on aircraft. I was up for that. I don't mind a bit of a bunk bed. That's all yeah, right. I liked the idea. Yeah. Well, in this episode, Airbus has unveiled a futuristic plane design that it says could cut fuel consumption by 20%. That gets rid of that bloody, you know, climate change problem greatly there, doesn't it? <laughs> Well, it goes a long way toward it. Yeah, it does. Okay. And last month the plane maker completed a pilotless takeoff for the first time ever. I'm not yeah. sure about that one. No. Uh, yeah, anyway, we'll put the details in shadow. And I think I want, you know, hands on the on the wheel when that's that yeah. gets happening. What do they say? It's 99% boredom and 2% sheer terror and that's the takeoff and landing. Oh, is that what they say? I haven't yeah. heard that. But they use recognition technology and in the video you actually see the pilot with his hands on his knees. Nah, nah, nah. Hands on the wheel, mate. <laughs> Put your hands, hands on the wheel, on the wheel mate. <laughs> so as you said, we'll have all those details in show notes. But Jesse Newgarten has a passion for affordable travel. Who doesn't? So so much so, he quickly became known amongst his friends and family as a flight guru. And he ran with it. He started sending out an e-newsletter to people with the latest flight deals and the Dollar Flight Club was born. Uh, yeah, so, you know, you know, three or four years ago, uh, I you know, had always been the person uh, that my friends and family would ask about, you know, finding flight deals or, you know, where to bet the best deals uh, because, you know, that's really what I did. You know, I've been uh, traveling... Uh, for as long as I can remember. Uh, it's always been a passion of mine. Um, and everyone started reaching out to me, you know, asking me um, about my trips, about where I got those deals. Uh, so what I decided to do was uh, start a newsletter um, and start emailing them out those deals to all my friends and family. Um, and that's really the way that uh, Dollar Flight Club uh, was born. And the way it works is uh, you tell us where you live. So you can say, hey, I live in L.A., or I live in Sydney, and uh, our team is going to go out and find the best flight deals uh, internationally and domestic that leave that home airport uh, to destinations across the globe um, that are up to 90% off uh, the standard fare. Wow. Yeah, exactly. So um, just a few examples, I guess, off the top of my head. 
you know, some of the best deals we found are from uh, LA and um, Houston to uh, Sydney and Melbourne uh, for 415 US dollars round trip is one of the best we've done recently. Um, which, you know, I mean, those fares are usually, you know, $1,500 um, at least. So how do you get them so cheap or find them so cheap? Yeah, so it's a combination of things. I think uh, the main thing is, you know, we just have a big team of uh, deal experts that know where to look, where to search, uh, what routes to focus on. And then we also use data uh, that comes in from different partners uh, that helps us locate these deals. Uh-huh. So it's a little bit of supply and demand, um, knowing where to look. And then also, I mean, maybe you've heard of the term uh, mistake fare. You know, when the airlines you know, just make a mistake, uh, you know, they forget to put you know, the last digit on the fare. Uh, and we're able to find those and send them out to our members. And we have roughly 1 million members uh, that, you know, are across the globe. So you mentioned supply and demand. Yeah. Did- this isn't a great time, is it? And can I just start off by um, asking you, you said you're passionate about travel. Obviously, we're all grounded at the moment. How are you feeling? Uh, not great. Uh, a little antsy. Um, I was actually uh, traveling. Uh, I was traveling full time uh, from last August. And, you know, I had a big year of, you know, going all over Europe, Australia, South Africa, where I was going to re- work remotely um, and, and just, see these new places. Uh, and, you know, we're not able to do that anymore. Um, but, you know, we're excited for, for when it's safe to, to adventure out again, which I'm sure you are as well. Yes, I am. And I would love to know from you um, what the future of the airline industry will look like. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of different things that, you know, we can expect to see. Uh, but I guess, you know, the first thing that everyone talks about is interesting is what is it going to do to airfare prices? Um, and how is this a pandemic going to impact that, you know, in the near term and the long term. And, you know, we did a, um, a report, we did a study uh, looking at, you know, uh, what happened after 9-11, what happened after the Great Recession, uh, where there is a massive impact to the travel industry. And, you know, what we found is what we're going to see is uh, roughly a 35% decrease in uh, airfare prices uh, over the uh, year of 2020, so through the end of this year. And then um, as travel rebounds over the next three or four years, we're going to see prices increase, you know, above 2019 levels, roughly 27%. So for the short term, we're going to see much, much lower prices. But then in the long term, we're going to see those prices get much more expensive than they were before uh, the pandemic. Well, it makes sense because there is no point having a flight that's super expensive and we've got no money to <laughs> buy the ticket with because a lot of us have lost jobs or income or been had hours reduced. So that makes um, that makes total sense. And that's based on research. Uh, you know, we have a massive database uh, of, of airline routes and prices uh, and that we took all of that uh, and analyzed that data and then looked back at data from you know, the past 20 years uh, to kind of predict what's, what's going to happen now. And we're seeing that happen at the moment. I mean, uh, you know, the deals that we send out to our members, you know, I would, I'll just talk about from the U.S., uh, for example, uh, you know, we're currently seeing flights from the U.S. to Europe uh, for, you know, 200 or $300 round trip, uh, which, you know, is, is very, very cheap. And we're seeing that across, across the board. That's the future of the airline industry. How do you think that leisure travel will be different yeah, so, you know, 
leisure travel, I think, you know, in the near term, you know, until there's a vaccine available, uh, I think it's going to be very different from the time that you get to the airport, you know, from the time that you're, you're spending in that destination. You know, I think at the airport, it's going to take much longer. It's going to be much more of a hassle to get through security uh, to make sure you have all your documents in place, uh, boarding process. Uh, but I think what we'll see, you know, in terms of, you know, when you're on that trip, I think we'll see people, you know, I don't think we'll see those, those Euro trips as much where you're hopping from city to city. You know, you do like 10 destinations in, you know, a few weeks. I think it'll be more longer term trips in one place. Uh, and I think uh, a lot more uh, solo trips and, and outdoor adventure trips uh, that we'll see, you know, people staying away from those crowded places. I'm hearing that too. Also, um, we're being told that business travel will bounce back first, followed by luxury travel. Mm-hmm. Based on your knowledge, would you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. I'm not sure if you you saw this, but you know, the first European country that I think is going to open up to travel uh, this summer is going to be uh, Greece. Uh, they're slated to open up borders uh, for international travelers on July 1st. You know, which no one else has done. And, you know, what they've said and what they're anticipating is that the first batch of people that show up there are going to be people who are doing exclusive luxury trips, uh, you know, more catered to them, uh, less, less people. And uh, that's what we're seeing. So I think that's true. What about you? These aren't your words, but you're going crazy not being able to travel. What's the first place that you want to visit? Number one for me is Greece. And number two is uh, Australia. Those are the two places that are next on the list. Uh, we had those booked for, the, for uh, this summer, but that's where I want to go. Sounds perfect, Jesse. And look, he's offered listeners a full year for free by signing up to the Dollar Flight Club. And we'll have the code you need, you know, where in the show notes. Yes. Now, you'll find Greece is pretty much on everyone's list of places to visit, particularly during summer. I've certainly done it. Have you? I'm supposed to be there right now. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Oh, sorry, Phil. And they would love to have you. They would love, as you'll hear in this chat. Verna is an expat living on an island there, and she's going to give us a snapshot of how the country is faring. But first, I was pretty keen to know how she found herself living the dream. I'm now 60 years old. When I was 28, I grew up in Ireland. When I was 28, I moved to Australia, lived in Sydney for 23 years. But before I went to Australia the first time, I visited this little Greek island of Antiparos in the Kikladis, and I just loved it. So anytime when I was in Australia, anytime I went back to Ireland, I would always fit in a holiday here if I could. And I got made redundant in Sydney 11 years ago. And I just realized I couldn't afford to live in Sydney without a decent job. So I moved here. I've been living here now full time for about eight, eight and a half, nine years. And I just love it. The lovely thing here is that there are so many what we call regular visitors. There are people who have their, their holiday is always here. So June and September here. The amount of return visitors is phenomenal. I mean, I can go down to my local bar and I will know 90% of the people and they're from all over the world. And it's just really lovely. So what does it look like now then, Verna? 
I spoke to a local bar owner yesterday and as he said, he said they now feel that they've lost the season. Greek government reacted really well to COVID. I think they saw what was happening in Italy and they shut down things. So now there are very strict rules about bars and restaurants and keeping people, making people keep distances. There was an instance in Mykonos a couple of weeks ago where this beach bar, they weren't controlling their customers and they were fined 20,000 euro, which actually is not a lot for a beach bar in Mykonos, and they, but they were shut down for two months. So they, the government are taking it all very seriously, but this it's such a great place to come because most of the restaurants and bars have outdoor seating areas. A lot of them have removed some of their normal tables. So you can still sit, you can't have a table of more than four people, but you can still sit and enjoy. It's the perfect place for for dining outside and even social oh. distancing. There are so many tiny little beaches that you can go to where there are, there's no one. Yeah. I've lost count of the amount of posts I've seen and messages I've had from friends who desperately want to get here. Some of them have just written it off and said, we'll be back next year. But so many people are saying September, October. So we just we just wait and see. On a serious note, we know that Greece has struggled financially in recent times. What What's the vibe like? Are they feeling demoralised? I mean, tourism is such a huge part of the economy. Tourism, I mean, up until I think they didn't get electricity here until the 70s. And then slowly tourists started coming. They live by fishing and farming. So realistically, tourism is the lifeblood. But everyone here has been very sort of stoic about it. They just go, you know, we can't change things. We just have to let the tourists know we're here. And we just wait and see who comes. Um, I mean, for me, I would worry that, you know, some businesses are going to find it really tough. You know, like we'd love to support places, but everyone here has only got a limited amount of money. We're missing the tourists who would come for two or three weeks with holiday money in their pockets. So I think a lot of people are going to be hit quite hard. The Greek government, I think, have been really good about this. They've basically, the whole way through, have said, we really don't know what's going to happen and we may change the rules at any minute to protect you. At the beginning of the virus, Greece had literally 60 ICU beds for the whole country of 11 million people. So that's why they clamped down. I mean, the island I'm on, there's no hospital, there's nothing. Um, We have an excellent doctor. Some wealthy homeowners here donated a couple of, um, you know, isolation pods. Basically, if you got COVID here, you'd need to be helicoptered to Athens. But, you know, we just wait and see. And as I said, talking to local businesses, everyone's been very kind of pragmatic and down to earth. And it's like, well, there's nothing we can do. We just sit here and wait and see who can come. I would just say Greece is waiting for you. But, you know, if you come and you're respectful and keep your distance, we're waiting. Verna has a super interesting background in publishing design. She now has a business called Upcycled Antipados, taking everything people want to throw away, mostly clothes and bed linen and towels, that sort of thing. And if they're needed by refugees in Lesbos, she sends them there through this project called The Hope Project. And we'll have lots more on Verna and that project in show notes. That's a great idea, isn't it? Hey, listen, if you want to share your story with us, email podcast at worldnomads.com. And a reminder to 
look for that code in show notes for a free year when you sign up to the Dollar Flight Club. Nice one. Next episode in lockdown and learning a language. Bye. Bye. The World Nomads Podcast. Explore your boundaries.